eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. Pittsburgh 65-64. Felt like I was in high school again watching some Big East basketball. Uh, with the physicality of it, Vip, overall thoughts before we dig into it. Yeah, this is a game that North Carolina is going to wish they had back at the end of the season. I think uh, it was right there for for the taking, and the last minute and a half, they got out executed, um, out coached. You could have made the argument when North Carolina was up one, their their play was to go to Armando Baycott. Armando Baycott is a heck of a player. He's he's not the best with his back to the basket, especially when he's 16 feet out. You're kind of putting him in a tough spot. He, he travels, Pitt gets the ball. Once he traveled and Pitt had the ball with 27 seconds left, my first thought was maybe sub out RJ Davis, go, go defense for offense. And if worst case scenario there, Pitt scores, North Carolina still has a timeout where they can get RJ back into the game. Instead, Pitt gets the matchup they want. Burton on RJ. They hold for the last shot. Burton makes the free throws with three seconds left. And, you know, that that's essentially the game right there. But it was it was a game that was a, a lot of back and forth action. And then Pitt just made enough plays at the end to win it. Yeah, looking at the stats, Carolina 35%, uh, 5 for 27 from 3. I believe they were 1 for whatever in the second half. 13 for 22 from the line in a one-point game. That's tough. Somebody in the chat asked why I was done guarding Burton because Leaky Black went out with four fouls. And when Leaky went out with four fouls, Burton was 2 for 10. And he finished 6 for 18. Um, you just knew, and I said it on Twitter, you just knew Burton was going to be the guy Watching the game, and we can debate it and all, folks are 
talking about the officials, well, for the record, Pitt had 21 fouls. Carolina had only 17 called against them. Carolina shot 22 free throws. Pitt only 11. So not really sure this is a ref game, um, one-sided or another. Now, we can all agree that they sort of let it get out of hand a little bit. But, Philip, I thought the difference in the game, especially a close game, is is the sets coming out of timeouts. And, and I'm not a – a, a huge student of it, but it, it seemed like Carolina ran a set for Leakey to get an open three out of a timeout. They ran that set for Baycott to get the ball way too far from the basket. But when when Jeff Capel was able to have a timeout and set up something, they got exactly what they wanted. And I felt like that was the difference. You mentioned the last play there. Leakey's on Burton, and all they do is run a ball screen, you know, and they get it off. They get out. They get RJ switched. You know, I would have gone under that screen, and if Burton wants to pull at, you know, ten seconds from three, then let him do it. But what do you think about that aspect of this game? I, I thought it was, I said, interesting on um, Twitter. I thought it was quite lacking at times, coming out of timeouts, especially. Yeah, where North Carolina had the most success in this game was with their guards getting downhill. I think. What Pitt was trying to do was the same thing, get their guards in, in mismatches. What North Carolina wants to do is get the ball into Armando Baycott and try to play through him. And a lot of the times the announcers were like, you know, they 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 have to get the ball into Armando, play through Armando, play through Armando. But the thing that I think some people miss when, when they're saying that, and it I think it's one of the biggest problems with this Carolina offense besides the – Everybody talks about, you know, the shot selection from guys like their guards, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. But I think part of the problem, too, for this North Carolina team that maybe doesn't get seen as much is the spacing that teams have against this North Carolina team with Leaky Black out on the court because he, he's catching the ball in the corner and he's, he's not looking to shoot. He's not looking to attack. And when you're watching North Carolina and you're watching these guards try to get the ball into uh, Armando, a lot of the times Leakey's defender is just sitting behind Armando. There, there, You could have the best pass. You could have Magic Johnson out there. He's not making that pass when you have two guys sandwiched in between Armando, who's, who's an All-American type talent. So I think that's an aspect that's really hurting this North Carolina team, the overall spacing. And then when you compound some of the, the, the shot selection issues that's been well documented, um, that's, that's where this North Carolina offense really stalls out, I think. Yeah, I mean, they make it too easy to guard Armando. And the guards fail to get there, – there was a time there late. It may have been close to – it was definitely under a minute. He was open underneath and didn't get it. And – uh, that's something that I've chirped on for for a long time when we've talked about with Dewey is it's an art to throw an entry pass. And Carolina, there was one time where they got the ball to Baycott, and, and this is in the first half, and for whatever reason, Love sort of slid over and drug his defender straight to Baycott and, and allowed that to be an easy um, reach in and help. So it, it's just it's sort of maddening to watch. But, yeah, Pitt was content doubling Baycott um, and forcing Carolina to do something else. Listen to these stats, Vip, and I know you got in front of them, but folks in the chat, you may not have seen them yet. R.J. Davis, 3 for 15 and 0 for 6. 
uh, 37 minutes of action, certainly feeling some effects from the Syracuse game a week ago. Baycott, three for 10, finished with 15 and 11 in 35 minutes. Carolina starters, Leakey, 30 minutes, 37 for Love, Davis, and Nance. Baycott with 35, nobody else more than nine, and that was DeMarco Dunn. I felt like DeMarco Dunn, Vip, in this situation, he's a good player, uh, but he had no shot guarding Jamarius Burton, let's be honest. And that that was the ball game. period. Yeah, I, I don't think Carolina has any player on the roster um, that could keep Burton in check. We saw that when they went to Pittsburgh and they were playing in the zoo. He, I think he, they said he had 31 that first game. Mm-hmm. He He's – very savvy with the way that he plays and it's um the the troubling thing i think watching this north carolina team against somebody like burton is you know he's going to that pump fake Mm -hmm. and whether it's leaky whether it was demarco whether it was uh seth trimble everybody was was biting for it and part of that is he he sets it up so well when he he hits a couple of those turnarounds and but He's, he's hitting those turnarounds to set you up for that counter. And when he keeps going to it and keeps going to it, um, Leakey, Leakey picked up two pretty cheap fouls um, pretty early in the second half. He, he had a sit for, for most of the game. Um, the refs, we, you could talk about the refs. I think it would be more newsworthy if the refs had a good game. That's why I always try to stay away from the ref talk and, it's, it's something where you have to feel out in a game. Like the refs are trying to get control back of the game. You, you can't be hugging up on, on a, um, an offensive player. Um, but I think that was also a moment that kind of changed changed the tide of this game. And the, the pit team, under Capel, they, they, they have a lot of fight. And they're looking to, to punk you, whether it was Cummings, whether it was um, Burton, the – they're a, they're an experienced team and they don't play afraid. The only person who really looked like they were trying to match it was RJ Davis. RJ Davis, I thought showed um, a lot of fight when, when him and Cummings got into it. And then Caleb Love, I don't think Caleb Love, you could say whatever you want about him. He's never afraid of the moment, which is something that, you know, I, I love about his game. Um, But outside of Love and, and RJ, it, it seems like a lot of guys that like when, when the game's getting tough in the final minutes, they're, they're kind of, you know, cowering away and, and um, not really when, when Pitt's raising their level, North Carolina also needs more players to kind of raise their level and match that intensity. Yeah. I, I was waiting for somebody to at least commit a hard foul on Burton, you know, at least make him pay for one. And even Henson was chirping a ton um, and he was one for seven for two points. I mean, Pitt, Cap- and this is why, and this is totally an, another aside, and I understand why it didn't happen, but this is why I can't believe that Capel and Duke didn't figure out how to get together because Capel at Duke um, in total would have been a problem, I think. But anyway, at Pitt, you know, they've been down, but he's got some players. Jamarius Burton, Charlotte Independence. As if anything else was more obvious in this game, you knew – Burton was going to have a good one. Vip, looking ahead, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, Carolina lost to Pitt last year. Um, this is not the same Pitt team. Uh, 
I thought they had sort of turned the corner a little bit, winning in Syracuse, winning sort of a grind in Syracuse. But um, to, to what Sherelle McMillan says a lot, the variance of this team, of this roster, of this these play, these games is just – it is either extremely high or extremely low. What's, what's it look like going forward? Mighty big one Saturday. Yeah, I think I think you're getting the Duke game at the perfect time. You know, this team's a little down right now for certain in, in that locker room. Um, but the Duke game always seems to bring out the best of, of this North Carolina team. You saw it last year when at times last year that looked like a dead team walking. And then they go to Cameron and they're kind of the afterthought in, in Coach K's farewell tour. And they surprise a lot of people. Fast forward to the Final Four, they get the Duke's best shot and they win again. Um, so I really think that you couldn't have asked for this Duke game to be coming at a better time to kind of um, get guys to relock in, refocus, and and shift your attention to what's now your biggest game of the season. Yeah, I agree with that, and I'm responding in the chat to somebody. Um, and and the Duke the Duke team. Which what's different about them compared to years past? I think like this this Duke team is is extremely beatable. Like I w- I would be um, surprised when that when that spread comes out if if Carolina is not a favorite after everything we've seen this year, because when you when you look at that Duke roster, you know th- there's no Paulo Bonchero on, on Duke. There's no. Um, lottery not lottery but like top three pick talent that's that's jumping off the screen when you're when you're watching this Duke team um so I think one it's this Duke game is coming at the perfect time and two this Duke team is extremely beatable and this North Carolina team has shown that they could beat Duke and then three you have players like Caleb Love who who seem to really raise his performance when you go up against Duke and he can kind of cement his legacy as like this Duke killer. If he goes in there in, in Shire's first year and wins at Cameron. Yeah. And and that's, that's one thing I felt like love is sort of rounding into a little bit of a form. We've been on him a lot over the course of three years, but you're right. He he plays well against Duke. Um, And and I thought that maybe that was going to be the way Carolina was going to overcome in this game is just ride love. Um, you know, I think Dan Bonner said after the three to tie the game, he can shoot you in, and he just sort of left it hanging out there when, you know, the rest of that statement is he can shoot you out. Um, but I felt like maybe Love was the only one that was going to be able to match and hit some shots because RJ was just struggling mightily from the field. Yeah, um, out, outside of Love, one of 16 from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and love was only four for eleven, so yeah. uh, just I, I th- a brutal night. Yeah, I think I think one of the you know anomalies from this post from this post game when you're looking at the box score is somebody like R.J. Davis shooting two of four um, from the free throw line. He had a, a big miss late, and you know he's an he's an 88 percent free throw shooter. I, I don't think that's something that you would see really moving forward. Um, so part of it is North Carolina. Um, Pitt made more plays, and North Carolina really just didn't execute late. Yep, and, and just to sort of round out the show, not a whole lot else to talk about, but you look at 
Turnovers, Carolina only nine. Uh, offensive rebounds, Carolina 19 offensive rebounds, only 13 second chance points. Uh, brutal. Bench, four points. That's, you know, that's sort of is what it is. Carolina only got five fast break points and only six assists. So Carolina shoots 35%, five for 27 from the field. Um, not a good night in the Smith Center, sort of a repeat of last year's Pittsburgh game. Um, but Pittsburgh, granted, is a lot better in falls. Duke Saturday. Vip, any predictions? You you were kind of high on why this is a good time to play. Do you want to go there? Do you want to ease the masses, the minds of the masses that are struggling with it? yet another, another North Carolina uh, first loss in the Smith Center, too? Yeah, after after what I've seen from – from Duke this year, if I'm making a prediction, there's there's no way I'm picking against Carolina. There's no way I'm picking against <laughs> Caleb Love. Caleb Love plays every game like he's looking to put the final put the final nail in, in Duke's coffin. So um, I, I would predict a, a big game from Caleb Love and, and Carolina to to rebound quite nicely. I, I would assume winning at Duke would be a quad one win. Um, which Carolina desperately needs. We know once you get to to tournament time and selection Sunday, that's that's the the number one phrase that people keep talking about. Um, so it, it is a great opportunity for North Carolina to kind of get this this bad taste off their mouth real quick. Yep, indeed. And folks in the chat, I'm aware Caleb Love made a fadeaway three pointer from the tunnel and I'm dribbling out of bounds. A lot of bad in there. Um, but I, I felt like that he was the the good, the possible good that was going to help Carolina get over the hump. Can't miss free throws in close games. You can't make boneheaded plays. And when you run sets out of timeouts, you need to score. And Pittsburgh was just ultimately tougher getting a 65-64 win. We're going to get out of here. Like I said, not not much more to talk about. Check out Dewey's takeaways tomorrow. Dewey was at the game. Dewey comes cross-country for a little bit of work and a little bit of Pittsburgh, Carolina basketball. Um, so we'll hear from him on the boards and on in an article in the morning. But, Taylor, I appreciate it. Uh, we will talk again, I guess, Duke Saturday at 630 in Cameron Indoor. Should be an interesting game to watch. Thanks, Can't buddy. wait already. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.